Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, wherever you listen to this episode, make sure you subscribe, hit that ding-a-ling-a-ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support by giving us a five-star rating or show your official support by heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast, where you get all your updates on the up-and-coming fridges and the Brewery of the Year contest. da 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 uh, my name is Gavin. I've got my usual drinking buddies in the form of Callum and Scott and MD. Good evening, boys. Hello. Hello. Good evening. And tonight we're joined, thankfully, <laughs> by Sarah and Viddy from Moonwake Brewing. How are you doing, guys? We're doing good. Thank you. Yeah, good. Thanks. Mine are the few technical issues. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be a normal Tuesday podcast if there was no technical issues beforehand, so I wouldn't worry about it. But you're here now, that's all that matters. So appreciate you taking the time. And like I say, it's a long overdue one. I think Sarah and I have been, it's probably oh, the yeah. longest email chain back and forward about getting... <laughs> that uh, day, uh, no that day, no that day. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, it all comes out in the wash. We're here now, so that's the main thing, so... Exactly. Um, Looking forward to it. Um, we'll start off as we normally do, go around the virtual table, see what we're drinking to start off this Tuesday evening. Uh, Callum, um, <laughs> you've spilt one. <laughs> yes. Now you can actually drink one. So I did I did open Moonwake's IPA, um, but unfortunately um, it was uh, the carpet got it all to drink before uh, I could sit down and enjoy it. So fortunately I've got another can and it's I'm, I'm going to butcher that. Like, in true Mark style, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. And it's the super delic, super delic, pale. You were right the first time. There you are. Okay, so this is a, it's a new New Zealand hop variety, um, and this IPA. Uh, so it's a single hop series, beer, five and a half percent, um, and it's really interesting. Actually, it's it's quite unlike um, anything that I've really tried before. It's it's kind of like a, a combination. It's got it's, it's quite bitter. Um, I'm finding it a bit bitter, um, but there's lots of sweetness and tropical flavours there as well. Um, it's really interesting, as I say, the beer's quite light, so lovely and sessionable. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's enjoyable. Um, it's making me keep going back. I'm trying to nail down exactly what it tastes like. Um, but yeah, there's it's, it's quite a mashup of different flavours, which is really interesting. Uh, it's always nice to try a new hop that you've never heard before. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm going to end up jumping ahead here. I've written written down with regards to this beer because it's on it's on your blog on your website and um you're talking about this new new zealand top that's came through um and it's coming given through given kind of notes of red fruit candy citrus tropical fruit flavors i mean how did you guys one get hold of this this kind of hop and how have you found you using it Vinny, as well um so how we got hold of it basically one of my hot merchants from Charles Farham was in town and she drove over with samples of it because she knows I like new New Zealand hops, basically. So she came in all excited and gave me a sample. Uh, it's, it's always interesting working with a new hop for the first time because you never know exactly how it's going to react. So we will pull it for the same amount of time we do with the Solera and the Tropical, but we have pulled up a little bit more alpha acid out than we expected. So it's slightly more bitter than we initially expected it to be. But yeah, as far as the, but I do really like, I get a little bit of candy floss, I get sort of red berries and the tropical fruit I get the most is kind of like guava. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 as well at the end. Mm-hmm. It's funny, so like when I when I read the, the kind of the post you, you had up on, um, the, the blog post on your website, when I was reading the description, reading what, what it said that I, I was thinking like what came to mind like you said there when it was, was candy floss kind of flavor and that like you said those red berries and stuff so it sounds it sounds like a really a really good kind of beer that's um something potentially up my street so I'll, I'll make sure I grab a can of that myself um Scott what you got mate beer <laughs> that's fair okay. I have a moonwake beer thankfully which is good for a change picked up at the very last second. It was a mad dash for somebody my side size making mad dashes isn't a good idea. Um, <laughs> but still, the pavements round about um, Haymarket Station are okay, I believe. And I managed to make it up to high spirits. Um, seems to be a, a favorite of mine of late. Um, and grabbed a couple of cans for myself, meant to be just Callum, but also Callum's spare room slash office carpet. Um, 
So I'll, we'll get their thoughts on the beer I'm drinking just, just in a second or two, those fibres. Um, so I'm on the IPA. Um, favourite favorite hops are in there. So Chinook, Mosaic, Southern Cross. I think that's pretty pretty good as far as a hop combo goes. It's 5%. It's got a lovely bit of bitterness to it, which I like. It's got that kind of resinous, kind of piney flavour to it, which is superb. Nice and dry towards the end. Pretty Moorish. Um, it's an excellent example of an IPA. It's core, I'm hoping anyway this is core range, so yeah. it's excellent. It's something you could drink if you're in that space you guys were talking about earlier. Um, upstairs at the brewery, I can imagine sinking a couple of these and and enjoying it thoroughly. It's, it's superb. It was kept in the fridge, obviously, at High Spirits, which is the reason why I shop there. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it's excellent. Love it. Uh, and like the can art and everyone as well, as I've said a good few times, it's the branding's very distinctive and simplistic, but it's a cool design. So yeah, top notch. Thank you. Excellent. Very good first beer to have. <laughs> How did they do in the tasting notes, Vinny? Yeah, no, perfect. <laughs> I can read the back. I can read the back. Yeah, I can pretty well. <laughs> no, but I actually, and that's one of the big things is is uh, Mark and Gavin like to harp on about uh, readily is that if it does what it says on the tin, then it's a winner, right? And that's exactly what it does. It's pretty clean cut, crisp, Moorish. Yeah. I like the bitterness. That it's it's a good if you Mark's got that kind of bitter West Coasty type palate, and that would kind of set you would you would sink a few of them I'd imagine and be quite pleasant with them. I am kind of slightly less bitter minded than Mark um, but that's just our outlook on life rather than our, our preferences <laughs> when it comes to beer um, but I really like it I think it's, it's smooth it's moorish keeps you coming back it's excellent Superb mate superb um, Sarah we'll stay on brand because I think um, me and Mark are off brand and our, our beers um, <laughs> and I, I am assuming um, being part of the marketing team at Moonwake that you are, are drinking a Moonwake beer yourself. I did grab a Goza. So our first nah. sample that we did. Um, probably out just over a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously glass as well. Like, come on. Yep, <laughs> branded branded all the way up. Definitely. Um, but yeah, it's just... I, it's probably this and the Kolsch have probably been what I've been taking home the most. Um, is this is this the? My, they're just my kind of styles. I'm taking it home slash not taking it home. Vinny, close your ears. I've took a whole pack. <laughs> I pay for it. <laughs> of course. Surely there's plenty underfills. You know that's how it works, isn't it? Oh yeah, but sometimes you run out of the underfills you want. <laughs> so you just have to pierce a can and then all of a sudden ta-da ah. <laughs> oh what a shame look what happened there every now and again our brewery assistant is like I dropped this it's dented you're taking it home and I'm like alright then I've never seen someone <laughs> run into a whole case of beers before trying to knock over a pallet's worth just to, uh, to to get a few dents in. just on, on the goes as a because it's a style of beer that I don't ag- I don't agree with at all, and the boys always make fun. But like, <laughs> I don't. Um, but I understand that there is a pe- people's palates that goes right there. Is it on the tart side? Is it on the kind of uh, the goes always reminds me and very. I'm not making what make this sound bad, but it always makes it's a sweaty, salty sock. Like that's honestly where you're I awful. Hear goes. <laughs> I know this I can't help. This is why you're that not a fucking... correspondent. That... I that is, I, I, the, I, I, I think ours is more like tart, like it's not too salty. I think Vinny but, and the other brewers taste tested a lot beforehand uh, to try and get the saltiness right for mm-hmm. us. And I find it like it's not too tart. I think it's quite approachable for sour beer, like if nobody's had a sour beer before or anything like that. It's not uh, drawing it's your kind of teeth together we, too much. Like what we like to do, so that's worked out really well. But like the coriander has given it like really lemon flavors. So even though all extra it's got in is coriander and salt, it's like got this real lemony twang to it. Vinny can tell you all about how the measured salt ratio is. See, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a good balance to me, Vinny. Like I said, like you said that. I mean. 
the beer's what three or four weeks old. It's been out there. Um, how how one how is it kind of how the feedback's been and how are you are you happy with it yourself? I mean, obviously you would be. I'm assuming you're not going to put out something you hate. Yeah, no, really happy with it. I mean, it's the first sour beer we brewed at Moonwake. Um, we decided to go for more classic style like we normally do. It's what we are good at brewing, what we enjoy brewing. So we went for like a classic Leipzig goes, oh, Gozo, sorry. Uh, went low to medium on the salt and medium on the coriander, but wanted that coriander to come through with lemon flavor. So we used all Mediterranean coriander as opposed to Indian coriander, which gives you that heat. Yeah. How was, how, what made you guys come with that decision to make your first kind of sour goes beer? Um, is that was that just a, a a natural kind of progression for the brewer to go right? Let's let's branch out, let's try a different style, or was it a case of fuck it, let's just go wild? Uh, to be fair, it was a style that we all always consider brewing. Uh, it's not normally what I normally drink, but uh, the marketing Tales team, the marketing made him do it. A classical German style sour as opposed to a sort of modern fruity lactose sour. So, yeah. um, those marketing and salespeople making brewers fucking brew stuff they don't so, want to brew. Isn't that right, Mark? Yeah. That it was, was a good meeting of mine. Yeah, it's 100% yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, I think it's like once we found a way to do it that didn't mean Vinny had to bring bacteria into the brewery, it was yeah. a possibility. It was never going to happen. Mm. It's a big decision for, for, you know, when it's all the brews are getting done in the one place um, to bring, as you say, to bring these things in, it can contaminate everything quite easily. So, yeah. I like the classic, though, the cl- like limp, like that kind of classic style. I like that kind of... Mm. Goza's a great style. I think it's, it like, lends itself pretty well to... I prefer, I prefer Goza's. Ah, it's nice. It's got that. It's not just sour. It's not just like there to draw your jaws together. It's mm. got a bit of complexity to it, and it's. <clears throat> I like the 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 sound of the coriander with the lemon as well. It was the one of the three. There was three beers in high spirits, and I was like, "Well, three's an odd number. I'm not going to like. I'm not doing six. That's not. I, I'm never going to drink three in the one night. So I'll just grab two, and that was the one I didn't grab. Oh, so. I know what yeah. I need it. I know I should have got it. I should have got it. But yeah. now I know for next time, for definitely. Right, definitely. Like we said, we've got um, Sarah and Vinny from Moonwake uh, joining us on the podcast um, tonight. I'm going to skip me and you, Mark, because we're off brand. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and we're going to carry on. Um, the, I, I suppose the first question I know well, the first question I should have asked was was how Moonwake came to be and how it all started. Um, I, I suppose Vinny, you're probably the best person to ask there. Uh, yeah. So. Basically started with uh, me, myself, and Finlay Hislop. We used to work together for a brewery in Buckinghamshire called XT Brewing. Mm-hmm. And one day he turned around to me and said, let's go start our own brewery up in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, around about 2018. Uh, so started 2019, around about then. So we spent a year planning out the brewery, planning out what we wanted to do. Moved up to Edinburgh, kicked in our jobs, uh, found a beautiful unit on the shore, and then six weeks later, COVID hit. No. So uh, we had uh, nothing to do except paint a very large wall, a lab, uh, and destroy a bunch of stuff that was in here so we could build everything in from scratch. So that was about three months. But it kept us sane. <laughs> well, I think at that point everyone was looking for just everything and anything to do whether it be yeah. literally anything to keep themselves sane I know I think I, I started walking the dog like five times a day yeah, just like, to one get them sane or did it well <laughs> I was going to say painting and destruction I think that was everybody's plan <laughs> was it not basically so yeah, you, yeah. having a having a big warehouse um, kind of unit space that you can get your teeth into probably wasn't a bad way of uh, spending the time, put it that way. Yeah, I'm not very good at sitting at home, so just being able to get out and go somewhere can me. Yeah, I'm not very good at staying at home. What What made you What made you pick Leith and the the unit that you're in just now? Obviously, like for uh, there's I mean, loads of obvious reasons, but yeah, but what made you kind of land 
there? Um, so I moved to the UK in 2012. Uh, I lived in London for eight years with a brief spell in Spain and basically came up to Edinburgh for the first time in February 2012 and really enjoyed the city. Looked for work up here. I was an engineer at the time and didn't really find it. Stayed in London, but kept coming back and fell in love with Leith. Just like the food scene here, like the sort of art scene, like, and then the beer scene was really growing quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And Finn always tells a story that I don't remember telling him this, but he always says that he asked, would I ever leave London? I said, finally one city, Edinburgh. And he obviously filed that away and enticed me up. <laughs> <laughs> he kept that in the cabinet for a rainy day. <laughs> I totally agree with you on the whole um, Leith beer scene. Um, we had a conversation Mark, a couple of months back um, and we're discussing sort of the trendy beer towns and cities within the UK and you know I think Manchester was the one of the consensus of you know just as a hub for you know UK brewing and craft and all the rest of it and my kind of point back was I think Leith has got to be in that conversation like I'm not saying Edinburgh as a whole because I think it's probably too big in that but like the Leith beer scene now is absolutely phenomenal so I suppose, like, onto that question is, how do you stand out in a small part of town that has, I don't know, five breweries, <laughs> six breweries that are all doing weird and wonderful and and traditional stuff as well? Um. Yeah. No. Good question. How do we stand out? Uh, so basically, basically, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if, 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 if we can find an answer to that, we'll be doing we'll be doing well. Yeah. We try. I mean, first of all, we've got like, when we move. Oh, sorry. Do you want to go? Yeah, I was like, I was just saying. First of all, we like happened upon a a freelance graphic designer that came up with our like original logo brand mark. Yeah. Um. Uh, called Greg Perry, like name drop. Because <laughs> um, poor guy. Ever since I started, uh, I just never left him alone. Just want more stuff from him. Um, but I think his general, like, initial concept for our design has just led us along this like amazing path. Like, you see all our cans in a row, and they jump out um and it's simple and it's like we don't name our beers either so it's like we hope that like our approachability in like that it's lager it's pale ale it's ipa it's goes mm. it goes and uh we want we hope that that helps us to stand out that whether you're new to craft beer or haven't had craft beer before you can pick it up and i think Definitely we found that in the local community, especially with the tap room. People have never gone into a craft brewery before. They're just going in because it's across the road from their flat. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that helps us stand out. But yeah, there's no magic bullet for it. <laughs> you've just got to I think swing, you've got swing to swing for the fences and, and see what and, sticks. Yeah. Really? And also just be consistent as well. I think yeah. consistency has got a lot to do with it. I think one one where we have stood out and we've had a lot of success is leaning into our sort of German and continental styles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So we've brewed a Kolsch that was really well received, or Kolsch style beer, I should say, technically. Um, (laughs) We've brewed uh, a white beer that's, I mean, it's won multiple awards and is one of my favorite beers to drink. And because of our kit and because of what we can do, we can do a proper German mash-in that takes three and a half, four hours. And wow. our brew day jumps from six and a half to seven hours to about ten and a half hours, which wow. the brew would love me for. But it does – you get all the phenolics out to get the clove flavors. We can um, free-rise to get all the banana flavors out. And we don't have to add any flavorings into our beer. Uh, same with the XBA, we can get loads of orange rind out from our kit and the way we brew without adding any oranges to it. So I think that makes us a little bit more unique where we can get those flavours out without 
necessarily always adding fruit juice or extras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it's quite nice that this like never wanted to really go too much into adjuncts, wanted to keep it super sessionable, mm-hmm. super fresh. Like, and then these beers have just sort of come out organically through that. It's quite nice that it's happened that way and that they've been so well received. One of the things that uh, it's kind of part of the, obviously why I wanted to ask that question because let's be honest, you say there's the the breweries that you're competing against that are in you know a golf ball's hit of where you are you know realistically you know there's there's so many styles there's you know kind of let's be honest balls to the wall proper craft there's stick stick to your lane more traditional and and I think just hearing you talking about you know we stick to our roots we build like traditional brews but we we want to do it the right way I think it's quite it's kind of commending and and what you are kind of building your your brewery and your philosophy around and you know obviously it comes through with the boys talking about the beer of the day it's obviously um it's obviously in the beer you know it's not like you're throwing you know cheesecakes into beers and hoping that it, you know I, I, we've, we've heard all that before haven't we you know <laughs> no we have throw a cheesecake yeah. in the mash and we'll do Vinnie will can compare Vinnie will compare lager to a Victoria sponge though very eloquently <laughs> <laughs> well, well incidentally good. talking about that I realise I fucked up by the way Um, I said I'd miss me and Mark in terms of what we're drinking forgot to fucking ask Vinnie what you're drinking mate apologies <laughs> I realised about five minutes ago, and I was like, "Fuck!" You're getting, um, you're getting preview. This I've is... done, I've done this twice in the last three weeks. It's, I apologise. No, that's not a problem. I'm actually drinking the super delicate as well. Ah, so, are you drinking it on draft? I'm drinking it on draft. Yeah, I'm luckily sat in the tap room <laughs> with uh, twelve taps in front of me. So, yeah, not bad. Worst places to be. There's worse places it, to be. Would, <laughs> is there any sort of like distinct differences between your draft and your can product that, that either you as a the brewer want to try and iron out or are you quite happy with both? I mean there's always space to improve. Um I think consistently maybe draft is always slightly different to can. I remember someone telling me a while back that draft is like listening to a band live and can is like listening to a CD. Yeah. I could agree more with that. That's the best. That's great. That's a good. No. Superb. Keeping that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Noted. <laughs> as long as you credit them, that's absolutely fine. As long as you credit them. Yeah. 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 says that drinking a beer on draft is like listening to a band live. There we go. That's yeah. fine. But you're obviously well, doing things. Yeah, you're obviously doing things things properly and, and things correct because obviously you you've won um, a few awards just the last few weeks. Um, you you've won with the Seba Keg Awards. You've, your a lager's got a gold. Your vice beer's got a gold. Your pale ale and your West Coast have won bronze, and you've obviously won um, named best uh, beer destination in Scotland, not just like. Fucking yeah. Edinburgh, Scotland. I know, right? That must, <laughs> make, that must make you feel. Fu- that must make you go. Yes, we were crazy. That was like the first award that got read out at the Scottish Beer Awards, and we were like, "What? Hang on!" And we hadn't like planned who was going to go up, and I just like shooed our taproom manager and bar staff who <laughs> had actually only just joined us. They'd both only been in the job like a week or two, and they were like. We feel like we're stealing this award. It's like, no, it's not half room. Go, go. <laughs> but that must be something, Vinny, for yourself, obviously, moving up from London. And like you said, you started the brew just before COVID. And, and I can imagine at that time it would be like, shit, one, what have we done? Two, how long is this this state of kind of emergency and, and, and this flux going to last? And have we made the right decision? Yeah. But then to come full circle and then in 2023 to turn around and be winning these beer awards and to be named Scotland's best beer destination, that must make you go, like, fuck yes. Yeah, no, it's fucking great, to be honest. Um, uh, But we're surrounded, you know, we've got some really good members in our team who deserve a lot of credit for running the tap room, making the beers and everything. And we've been really lucky that we've kind of created a really good team ethos that people do work hard for each other 
and mm-hmm. it seems to be paying off. No, hats off to you, mate. Yeah. Hats off to you. It's, we all um, care about that tap room so much. Like, it's our... It's, we all spend so much time in the tap room, we kind of have yeah, to care about exactly. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think whether our tap room manager likes it or not, we're all sticking our oar in. <laughs> it's probably one of those things where if you see like a comment online or some stupid fucking untapped bullshit that goes, oh, I didn't like this tap oh, room, yeah. you're like, fuck you. This is our baby. Our space, it's like you're... It's like you're making decisions about your own living room, I suppose, if you spend that much time. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? like if that, that's why I don't have untapped. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. That, um... Like, um, when Vinny and Finn first like opened the tap room, they wanted to make sure it was like accessible for people as well. So it's like they invested in that. Because, mm-hmm. um, Vinny, was it like you went round London tap rooms or something? Oh, and you yeah. Were- a few years back, oh, quite a few years back now, actually, I'm getting old. <laughs> um, <laughs> a mate of mine who was also a brewer in London, he wanted to take his dad round. He was visiting him, but his dad recently had a stroke and wasn't quite mobile. And we learned trying to get into London tap rooms with someone who isn't fully mobile was now impossible. Impossible. And, um, yeah, it was quite sad, to be fair. Like, I never really thought about it, you know. It's only one step or one yeah. cobble street or one bump. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edinburgh isn't the most accessible at the best of times, so we thought we'd try. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, see, honest with you, like from someone who and one side enjoys the beer industry and the other side works in the me- me- like kind of medical mo- mobility side. For you to have a to have that inkling and, and and to put those things in place to make it more accessible, hats off to you, mate. Because like you said, I, I've. Uh, been in London many a times, one for work and two for pleasure in terms of going in and enjoying tap rooms. It is literally impossible for someone who's disabled or uh, less able than 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 us um to go yeah. and enjoy good beer. And there's, there's no there's literally no reason for that. Yeah, no, exactly. It shows a lot of foresight as well to 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 think of a brewery as a destination from the start, as opposed to mm. you know a lot of um breweries all you know get a unit because it's the unit that they can get and and you know start a brewery get a bit of sales get a bit of traction and then think right well we could start selling on site and mm-hmm. and try and shoehorn a tap room in there but to to have that kind of vision from the start is quite is is it's refreshing it's not you know something can, you typically see i can see the disabled elevator over your right shoulder <laughs> that, that, that bit of kit there is not fucking cheap I'll tell you that <laughs> but it's not cheap uh, you know uh, we had to definitely plan that in and it, you know when you're trying to start up you give and take and it took from other parts of the business we'd like to spend money on but at the end of the day you know you got to do what you think is right and we as a business thought that was the right decision and it gets used um, not yeah. just by and do you, think, do you think that that's have you have you had to have you had to sort of curtail your um your brewery head with a view to um prioritizing the space as an as a space for for people to come and visit? Like have you have you have you found out that you have you found that you've been able you've had to sort of cut back on on brews that you maybe wanted to do or or things like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we wanted to get more tanks earlier in the picture. We are now luckily in the space we are getting more tanks, but, you know, we did put things like that in, so that does eat into capital, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you see people, you know, they come and chat to you and they're, like, thankful that uh, they can come drink here. And uh, we always wanted a mezzanine tap room, like, and that was one of the things yeah. Finn and I didn't want to... um change yeah. uh, and there are there is to and fro when it's like this event is on well we need to brew this beer and sometimes you just got to have both going on at the same time and mm. sometimes it is a bit disruptive but on both sides but it's like it's a brewery tap room see the, the side the, the side like, to that what well, i would say Sarah, is like i love doing it exactly i love being in a tap room and like watching watching the guys brew beer while you're sitting there drinking sampling <laughs> stuff straight from the tank it's like super interesting no. i'm a like obviously we're beer geeks and we love yeah. all that shit and that's cool as fuck 
when you come in often. on the weekends to dry hop and everyone stares at you. <laughs> I bet the guys love it. They're just driving home and it's like, I just stare and I'm like, what, the, what are they yeah, doing? Yeah, violently with a couple of drunk mates in there yelling, what the fuck are you doing? Tell us, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> How can you get, like, I picked this job, the, the kind of solitary, I'll just do what I need to do. All of a sudden, yeah. I'm getting heckled from above. It's not a stage, it's just my work. It's quite weird when we have to burn a Friday because the tap room opens early, so you kind of have people right up against the edge of the tap room looking down on you, and you do feel a little bit like a zoo animal. You've got these like five heads just peering over you, literally looking over your head. Just here, you look up and then look away quickly, pretend not to be looking, then look back down. You're like, <laughs> right, but I have, make you very conscious. I have the next beer fridge day out is going to be at Moonwake, 12 o'clock on a Friday, Friday. where we just sit there and (laughs) well, we'll be there at 12 and (laughs) 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock opening time, we've already had a couple of tinnies in us and we'll be there Heckling very right from the start. What are you doing that for? Heckling like a a comedy show. We'll get our content creator to film it and it'll be great. Bro, like what the fuck do you call those kind of hops? That sit in the up in the bit above and the, uh, uh, the the Muppets. The two old boys will just be four years. <laughs> Would you Double call those NZ hops? Oh. Fuck off! Yeah. <laughs> What's those NZ hops? <laughs> Too many. Yeah, it can, it can go quite extreme. That to be fair. <laughs> That went. That went. Be the that went. That went uh, to hundred quick, quick there. Um, <laughs> can I? Can I ask how did the um, how did the whole time out article come about, or did you know about that? Or uh, uh, to be honest, I because the article came out last year saying, and it mentioned Leaf, hmm. and so it came out again this year and mentioned Leaf, and I just sort of disregarded it. And then, and I didn't get a Google alert or anything like I have set up. And then our director, Finn, was like, oh, we were actually named in it. And I was like, you what? Because yeah. <laughs> I thought they would have just copied and pasted the same thing as last year. Like, sorry for thinking that of your time out. But, um, and then, yeah, it said Moonwake in brackets. Moonwake Tropical Pale will not disappoint. And it's like... Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we will not disappoint you. I was when I was fucking through the article. I was, I was fucking through it, and I'm thinking, what, what is this? A little bit, you know, and uh, because yeah. Leaf is number sixteen on this, and I'm flicking through, and there's, you know, New York, there's Shanghai, there's Amsterdam, there's all this like, and I'm like, Leaf, and then Leaf, <laughs> yeah, totally, but. Because it's got like, the best beer destination. <laughs> that's true. No, it's true. Like it comes back to that point we made. I made earlier. It's so yeah, it's got good pubs. It's got good the food. pubs and the food and very. You mentioned like the art and it's just got yeah. a. It's got a vibe to it that you know Central Edinburgh doesn't have. And like yeah. even like there's, it's sort of like uh, like not like any other area. And I'm going to just say Central Scotland, probably in Scotland in general. Let's be honest. You know, there's little be bits here there in Glasgow and things but it, it is just totally it's totally different isn't it and, yeah. um, it's a community in amongst itself I think the only other place in the UK I've ever felt sort of similar is Brixton in London like cool. it, is, it is separated from Edinburgh Leith Leith, uh, Leith is first yeah. and Edinburgh yeah. second Leith loves Leith anyone local supports anything local like when I lived in London, I yeah, I'd compare it to Brixton. I'd compare it. I've com- I have compared it to Hackney to friends from London, just mm-hmm. in a sort of like, in terms of beer scene, but like five ten years ago. Yeah. So I mean, I think for, I think for us, like, like when I moved up, if I think of of the ones that all four of us have been together, like Bristol was unreal. Oh, yeah. Manchester was probably even a, a level above that, to be fair, because I mean that small radius of going between track, cloud water, and sure shot was. They ridiculous. are all so close to each other. It's it is well, like but what Mark... I would say. What I would say about that that uh, 
that that uh, Leith has over that is yes, there's there's three phenomenal breweries within spitting distance of each yeah. other, but it's quite a I want to say like industrial site area. Oh, no, you're right. Do you know what I mean? It's you know Leith Leith is a lot more picturesque and there's a lot more besides beer. To, yeah. get, to get involved in, you know, and it's not culture. just and it's not just brewery destiny. There's there's pubs and there's shops and there's yeah. and there's you know cafes and restaurants and stuff. That, so you could see yourself, you know, if I was going to that that space in Manchester, it would kind of you would kind of struggle to to spend all day there. Whereas sure. in in Leith, there's there's far more to get yourself involved in than just than going to a brewery. Yeah, so. and they're gonna have the local beers as well. Aye. It's 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 funny that it just seems like it's under the radar a wee bit, but if you know, you know. And the people that know outside of Edinburgh and, and further afield, whether it be kind of down where I am, kind of the south coast of England, um, you you put one you probably never heard, the only thing you you you've heard of Leith is the fucking Beclaimers, um, <laughs> if you're lucky, um. But if you if you end up going and visiting, you'll be very fucking surprised, like we said, of the quality of beer that you're going to get, and like you said, the food and all the other things that are, are there as well. Um, Gilroy looks like it looked like you'd moved on. You got another wee Moonwake beer in your in your vessel? Yeah, just a third one that was tempted into the the super deluxe stuff. Um, it's excellent. I, I really like the. It's definitely a unique flavor. I like the kind of fruitiness. The Kind of stone fruit, kind of candy floss, almost kind of fluffy sweetness that it's got to it. It's definitely it's pretty unique. Um, even better when it's, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, I I'm looking yeah. to enjoying it as it goes through the the stages of warming up. It's been like I said, it was in the fridge and then in mine. So I quite like it once it's, it's warmed excellent. up a little bit as well. When I've had it on draft in the tap room. Mm-hmm. Could you put it on cask then? Friday afternoon. <laughs> Evening, evening. Oh, cask. Oh, could you? Uh, could you cask it? Cask it. Uh, we haven't cast much yet. To be fair, uh, we've. I think we we've done about cast. three casts. <laughs> we've done three casts, and all of the. Don't know how many thousands upon thousands of liters we've done, but we are looking at doing cask next year properly for the first time. So, oh, I can do. stop yeah, having to get my hands on any of these hops. <laughs> I would. I would go. Cask. Cask. Cask in Edinburgh. Now there's a there's a there's a tough a, a tough sale market. Uh, pitch. Um, yeah, it's a tough space to get. Knowing knowing the the cask. I know the keg market's difficult, and you'll understand that. But uh, the cask market as well um, is pretty badass. But uh, if you've got a good beer, and space for a good one. Especially when you're talking about this one and it warming up nicely, and it's going to hit like. Um, there's plenty of bars for you to go and, and yeah. cask. cask we, we spoke about this before. Cask and keg in the same bar, I think, is the, the the way forward. You know, getting to try yeah. it on both styles yeah. is just mm-hmm. so good. I think the one yeah. thing I'm most nervous about brewing cask up in Scotland is the sparkler. I brewed cask <laughs> here in London, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll start that conversation. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> In terms of your, you guys, uh, both you say and you're kind of overlooking your look at Moonweek as a whole. Where do you guys see yourself in terms of the whole and the market as a whole and the, the the Scottish craft beer scene? Do you guys see yourself as as a, as a one of the leaders or one of the the, the kind of ones that are trying to get to the top? Are are you? Where do you guys see yourself in terms of the kind of Scottish craft beer market? Vinny, I'll let you. I'll let you go first. Uh, where do we see ourselves? Oh, we no, we're definitely not near the top. I mean, we've still got a lot of things we can prove and a long, long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our investors always tells a story about, you know, you've got to be a shark and keep swimming. And I think that's... Sounds like a guy what I talk to. <laughs> um, I think that's how he see us, you know. He, he, he's keep... a salesman right there. <laughs> we've got to keep swimming and, you know, just keep improving, never be satisfied keep working hard and I think if you think you've reached the top then there's only one way to go from there so very true hopefully we never reach the top and do you see yourself <laughs> do you see yourself staying in that sort of accessible space so that that you know um you, you, you see on on the back of all your cans you've got the and on your website it's a very clear sort of mantra that that there, there is a beer out there for everyone 
Um, so do you see yourself as hitting beers for the market to try and appeal to a broad range of people? And 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 is that deliberate? And well, clearly is. If you you know if you're writing it on your cans and stuff, it's clearly is deliberate. But is that yeah. something that that's uh, do you do you see yourself sort of branching out and doing sort of more wacky, um, you know, more, Look, more never, unusual beers? Never say never. I'm not sure to say what we're not going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we do do wacky stuff down the line, I think we will keep our core and the majority of our beer accessible. Yeah. Um, we do believe there's beer out for everyone, and we do think sometimes the craft beer scene is up its own ass a wee bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Some people are just That's like, just want yep. a normal beer, and it's That's like, the- do that. But then if there's sometimes- beer for everyone, then there's that means there's a dipper there for everyone or a crazy mm-hmm. pastry thing mm-hmm. out there for everyone, even though it's not what our bread and butter is going to be. But yeah, I'd, I'd never say never. But I do I like mean, I mean, that's probably the thing. Like, you get the craft beer wanks like, like us. And like, say, look- you, you can just go off your high horse because you're up your own ass. I mean, uh, sorry, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> That's true. No, but I mean, like we're, we're the world's worst. We're the, we're the, we're the, we can be the world's worst for being. Like, oh. oh, I want to have a, I want to have the tipper. I want to have this, that, and the next thing. And but a tap room that's got good, just good stuff on. You know what I mean? It's a, it is a breath of fresh air. It is really cool. I mean, the yeah. bit the bit for me just I'm having this conversation with you guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're having this conversation with yourself, Sarah and Vinny, this evening. Is is that new super delic being? Um, and that new range of NZ hops, which is um, <laughs> NZ hops. That's right. I'm just fucking saying. Is that becoming your cat's face? Nah, that's going to be that's going to be the 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 slogan of this. Uh, yeah. Are you um, from NZ? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just I've just took a job. But that for me, like, is something straight away. I'm like, I want it. Like after what the guys have said, yourself, Finney, and Sarah, and um. That that's a beer for me. I'm like, oh, I want to pick that up. Like, that sounds quite interesting. Like, red fruit, candy floss kind of vibes about it. Citrus, tropical. Like that for me. I'm like, yep, give me that every day of the week. I'll, like that's something that excites me. Kind of makes me want to go and pick up. And like you said, Sarah, with with your whole range of beers, the marketing and the design of the beers is is so simplistic. But at the same time. As soon as you see that wee circle, that wee kind of set mm-hmm. circle, and you see the colours of it, you know straight away, before you even look at the beer and pick it up, it's a Moonwake beer. And I think that's something for you guys, you should have applauded. Yeah. because something we're really proud of. From a distance, you go, Moonwake, bingo. I know what I'm getting. I'm getting a solid beer, and it is and it is what it is. And... Do you know what it is? It's the, and it can create... See, and this has been the story, and I... I for the very first time seeing at the um, We Are Beer event in Glasgow when I saw Moonwake's bar for the first time, the yeah. mobile bar that makes its way across the, the land. Props, props <laughs> for the people that shift that about the place, by the way, because that can't be easy. I saw no. Tiny Rebel set up and then I turned around and saw the Moonwake stuff and I was like, right, right, okay, mm-hmm. Tiny Rebel, I've got an easy gig in really comparison really to that thing. <laughs> Good. <clears throat> Don't tell me that. that. That's what just what I was going to say. So everything looks, Some everything with Moonwake. Now it's great. <laughs> yeah, if people in the craft beers like the like that have been there for a while are so used to seeing a brewery that appeared on the scene. They appear on the scene with a great product, but everything else is is kind of a, a right. We've got the great product. We've hammered everything into the great product, yeah. and that's what it's going to be there. Whereas I think, and it can cause unease in people where they see a brewery like Moonwake Girl. Obviously, you had the time to do it, but you've got the space. You've considered the accessibility. You've considered the brand and you've considered the stuff. Now, what, what you don't see and we're talking to you, and I think it, it needs to come out a wee, maybe a wee bit more, is that although it looks like everything's carefully considered with exactly the right timing and exactly the right push on everything, you guys must be working like hell in the background. And the same things that happen to every other brewery in the country must happen to you guys as well. But on the outside, everything looks, everything's got a, pol- a, a level of polish, a level of refinement and a level of kind of, fine tuning that everything looks considered like it looks considered and deliberate for the cans to the styles to the it's a beer for everybody branching into goes are taking this long you know what i mean and you only get that for talking to you i would yeah. never have figured that out i would have thought that's a it's quite everything's really considered everything's really measured there's there's money there there's this that and the next thing whereas at the end like talking to you guys you get the real feel and being in the space i 
can imagine as well is that it's the same as every other place. It just has a it has a clear mission, and it sounds like wank business speak, but it's got a clear mission statement, and we stick to it, and we go and we branch out where we can, and we do things where we can, but we've got a clear idea where we want to be, and everything kind of moves together at the same pace, like you're saying about FVs. Everybody's like, "Well, we must get a million FVs, and then we'll stick a cup, stick a couple of ch- uh, taps in, and a few stools, and that'll do us." It's up the stairs, but it's all right because nobody will be bothered or arse. No, what we'll do is we'll we'll sacrifice that a wee bit. We'll put a proper space in, make sure people can get up to us, be a proper destination. At the same time, we'll make these really good core stuff. We'll branch it into what we like and we fancy doing, but we'll do it properly with a bit of tradition and a bit of pizzazz that you also don't hear about either. There's only so much you can put in the back of your can. But yeah. hearing like, we're going to do a traditional Leipzig-style goza, and that's the what we're doing. We're going to push things so we don't have to adjunct stuff. That's just second nature to you guys, but I think that needs to come out, and that's why the the conversation this evening has been superb. It's been a real eye opener, I think. For yeah, me, anyway, I really want to do more like this, and now we've got our <laughs> content creator in tow as well. I like really want him to like champion us and like tell our story in that way, because it's like I think it's come from like Finn and Vinny both have a decade each in brewing. Like, uh, I've been in the industry for six years now. Mm-hmm. Our sales managers really experienced it, but now we're a group of twelve. But everyone's come from like working in craft beer and hospitality in some form or another for quite a while. So I think because craft beer's been now been around for more than just a few years, it's like we've got that opportunity to have learned from other people mm-hmm. and um, from other brands and in our own experiences as well. And I think we're all just really thoughtful about that but also like yeah we do work our asses off and also we make mistakes <laughs> like yeah. just like everybody else <laughs> I, I tell you what i'll do i'll um i'll i'll sound bite the last two minutes of scott's speech for you <laughs> yeah please that. <laughs> i know i could sleep because no because we'll make we... a montage under it like, I'll be honest with you, mate. No, you're, you, you, everything that you, you spoke and you said there was, was things that were going through my head as well. So you articulated it very, very well. Um, and I, it's, It goes back to maybe what we had when we had a conversation with Stuart and we were saying right, the preconceptions of Stuart. And we went down mm-hmm. that route and we had that conversation with them. And there's potentially that same kind of, I don't want to use the word stigma, but you can almost maybe tarred with the, slightly the same brush of, of, of being a brewery that does X when you actually do all these other things as well and you've got these these other lanes and other avenues that you're going down. So um no, I'll I'll sound like that. Good job, Gilroy. <laughs> it shows you how um you're saying you you know you're a group of twelve um and working in a brewery of fourteen, I know that it's like all hands on deck and you there but there's that way of there's flexibility in it. And these can be, um, you know, you can manoeuvre with the flow, but obviously you've built this kind of core range and you've, you, that's where you've, like, um, you've said, you've kind of set your stall out that way. We've got core, we've got, but it allows us to kind of deviate slightly. We'll go Goza now and we'll do um, the new pail. But it's just, um, it's just really refreshing just to kind of see, like you say, that you've got that and you, like, you're thinking, like, what's the next sort of step and that was going to be my next question to you Vinny basically was where do you see like what's the next two years three years look like obviously you've got the space and everything these as a as the master well, plan to, well <laughs> the the whole shore side is going to be the moon wake you'll just take over the Malmaison across the road and you know you'll be a hotel <laughs> slash tap space I don't know what, what, no, no, we've got We've got our unit and we've got the far unit along. So we've got the unit in between us. So Finn and I always joke we'll get that unit and put a pizza oven in a tank farm. (laughs) No, uh, no, but to be fair, we can get these new tanks in. So it should hopefully be here by the end of the year, start of next year. Uh, We're coming up with our beers for 2024. We're going to try to push ourselves. You know, we've pushed ourselves to a certain extent this year, creating new beers, working with new hops. Uh, we're going to push ourselves again next year, coming up with new beers. Uh, we've recruited a new member to our uh, actually old taproom manager, just joined our brewing team. Amazing. Who comes, uh, so they come with uh, a lot of experience, but also come with a lot of new ideas and just trying to, you know, 
get everyone to put their ideas forward, see what they come with, because it's all well and good me brewing what I like, but yeah. otherwise everything will be West Coast or Lager. Yeah, yes. nothing, we are fucking preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir, son. Um, question, a question just popped in my head while you were, you were talking there, Vinny, and it's something I've I've been championing for the last couple of weeks. What's your thought on these style beers, these stylized beers? Do you do you find they're going to be like are they a fad or is it something that's going to come in place because of the whole duty change and all that shit? What do you mean the stylized beers? The what? yeah, so these like the, these stylized IPAs that have been kept coming out and they're, they're using these style th- fucking thing. I don't know even know what the fuck they are. They, they intrigue me. In all honesty, I think they possibly will go the same way as the brute IPA. If you yeah. remember, the... oh, yeah, I remember that. Disappeared. Disappeared. Like they came with a huge bang. They were quite technical, difficult to brew, mm-hmm. and then a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon and brewed them terribly, and everyone hated them. And a few, <laughs> <laughs> a few really, really good ones got lost as well, unfortunately. <laughs> and I'm afraid that might happen with the Thales, even though, like, I like, I really like the idea of Thales bears. Mm. I come from New Zealand, and I like that sort of like Sauvignon Blanc, Gooseberry yeah. vibe come through, and Thales really give you that flavor. Mm-hmm. And I think it's some of my pop. favorite flavors as well. And like when Vinny was talking about it before, I was like, "That's right up my street." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, to be fair, just forget the style stuff. Just use my mate Nelson. Just use Nelson everywhere, mm-hmm. and you'll be fucking banging. Um, new beers coming out in the next couple. Of, you've got a cold IP and a black lager. Two styles at the moment. When I've just stupidly just pushed my fucking wire and turned my camera off for some stupid reason. Um, two styles of beer that at the moment I'm going daft for. Cold IPA, I pick up everyone's cold IPA from fucking brew by numbers, even if it's in the supermarket, to anything I can see on the, the bottle shop floor. And I had an amazing black IPA, uh, black lager, excuse me, two weeks ago uh, from Round Corner, um, which fucking blew my mind. Um, so tell us about your ones because I'm fucking buying that shit. <laughs> well uh i'll start our cold ipa uh we made it in collaboration with lalamond mm-hmm. and i will let Vinny like dive deep on that one <laughs> like Vin- it is Vin- all Vin- about Vin- the died off. Vin- oh no he's coming back he's coming back he's heard, he's heard his name he's run back to the phone then the the solero has been brewed for collabageddon uh not the solero lager has been brewed for collabageddon uh so that's organized by Elusive Brew, and we've brewed it with Tartarus, but we've oh, put Solera hops oh, in it. Shit. There's a combo. That's so, a combo and a half. Yeah, so, but I'll let Vinny go further in on those now. Uh, the cold IPA, I mean, the guys at Lalamans, uh Sorry, give me a quick second. I think I hear someone downstairs. Sorry. You, you go for it, mate. You go for it, mate. We'll get an update. Somebody's breaking at the, the brewery. Go, this is what happens when like the doors downstairs. You always, <laughs> even if you just hear, even if it's the wind, you have to go and check. By the way, by all means, what a combo! Like elusive. Oh, mate, elusive. Well, style. yeah. So the so elusive organize collabageddon every year. Yep. So they get mm-hmm. twelve breweries that all go and do a collaboration with each other. Yeah. So we have done one at Shaw Shaw on it. And then Tartarus came to us. And then on the 17th of November, all 12 beers will pour in like 30-odd venues around the country. So we've got six of them. And then Lost in Leith have the other six. Um, So, yeah, put that date in your weekend. That's a weekend. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Flights book. Yes. Yeah. No. (laughs) What what date did you say? Sorry. 17th no. of November, man. No, go fuck oh. yourself. Yeah. Oh, shit. Bastard. Oh, Dixon's absent. Me and you're, so you're going to have to our, fly the flag That would be our Black Lager with Tartarus. And then we went to Shore Shot and we did an NZ CDH IPA there. Um, NZ. Yeah. Got up. See? No, just me saying it. Came with us, so it's like, it's like everyone. So there's 12 breweries together and they sort of all mix and match. That's yeah, awesome. that's very cool. And, and it's a that organise the whole thing. I think this is the sixth one they've done now. You go to Moonwake, Callum, and I'll go to Lost and Leith. 
in the middle. We'll meet in the middle for a, a plate of chips and then swap. Yeah. <laughs> 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 sounds it. Sounds that, it. That'll, good... be, that'll be another one of those. We need to drink half pints. I've got a funny feeling. So uh, yeah. So Benny, tell us about the, this cold IP and this black lager because. Like both of them for me are like I said, two styles that are um really high on my radar at the moment. Um yeah, sorry. So the cold Did you IPA, get the guard dog? Did you get them? <laughs> no, I think they I think I saw someone just walk into the uh <laughs> shop area and then realize it's closed and walk off. So <laughs> or they're hiding. Hopefully not hiding. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um guard dogs have yeah. gone home. <laughs> they walk so, out the the cold IPA has actually been a style I've been wanting to brew for a while. It's basically a lager, but hoppy. I think it's kind of like the next generation of the IPL. Yep. Uh, and we've got a brew with the guys at Lallemans, who are some of the best, you know, awesome technical brewers who've brewed with some of the best breweries in the country. Um, got a brew with a mate, sort of Andy, who's been working at Lallemans for a while, I'm known for a while. So that was good fun, and it was well, a great challenge. What thrown in it? So we put the uh, Zaka CGX and Tango from Germany. Oh. Ooh, so it's got, it's got a nice fruitiness and tropical notes, mango from the Zaka, and the Tango's given it a little bit of orange and a little bit of herbal notes as well, so just because it rounded off. Yeah, excellent. Jesus fuck. Sounds good. I mean that in a good way, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And tell me about the black lager again. Like I said, it's a style two weeks ago, a lot over the last two or three weeks that I have just been snatching up every chance I can get. I I love drinking black lagers, and I, you know, it was was a bit of a hard sell to our sales manager to brew to be allowed to brew a black lager. (laughs) Uh, But we did compromise. (laughs) We did compromise by adding Solera to it. So it'll have a slightly more fruity note that will just sort of counteract the sort of nice, uh, slightly bitter coffee flavors. But we've added the Carafa 3 all on top of the sparge, so it has very few bitter flavors. Mm. Uh, Lagered it nice and cold. Uh, So it should come through quite nicely. And it's a style that we're quite confident, even though it's the first time we're brewing. Which is nice. Forgive it's, me for my ignorance. Um, I've never heard that that technique before. Um, well, forgive me for my ignorance. <laughs> no, no. The the. I mean, I'm I'm not as involved in the brewing scene as Mark, but we've done a we've done a little bit of home brewing ourselves, and and it's always interesting. But the the adding the hops on top of the sparge. Not the hop. Sorry, Crafter uh, Three is a malt. Malt. Is it a malt? Sorry, sorry. I do apologise. Right. Okay. Do have small, so you kind of put it on top of your sparge, so you don't get all the stringency out, and it just washes the color right, through. Because we sat there nice. the whole time, right? Okay. Basically, just color it right. So what we done right. with Tropic Thunder, mate? That's right, mate. Yeah. I remember. I remember now. Right. So, uh, like me and Scott, will be we'll put our hands up. We're not fucking brewers. No, we, we, we just we're just tasters. The the other two, the other two are. I just learned something new then too. Yeah. So it's like... exactly. <laughs> the, the other two, Calum and Calum and Mark are the brewers. With the black lager, I, I'm assuming, do you lager it for the same length of time as you would a normal yeah. lager? It'll be five weeks. Oh, there you go. Then another thing. Fucking yes. Bingo. <laughs> Delish. It's like, oh, yeah. Both sound brilliant, by the way. We tried with Tartarus, and like when we got paired up, uh, so when Elusive Brewing paired us up with Sure Shot and Tartarus, the first thing I did was like message them being like, let's swap beer with each other. Because yeah. <laughs> it's weird. it's like a blind date. You don't. It's yeah. not like a collab because you're all friends. It, it's you, just waiting for Silla Black to come before. in. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you're like, let's swap beers, and we were doing some of the same festivals. So I sort of sheepishly, sort of like went up, be like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could think yeah, of, I could think of breweries that were I could think of breweries that were less intimidating to swap beers with than Tartarus. To be honest, oh, yeah. they like the weird and wild stuff. Yeah, they? yeah, those those yeah. Bro- those bot when the bottles come through or the cans you know, with the like, wacky labels and stuff. Guess which that's one right. we liked the most? It's like the NZ IPA. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But um, yeah, pop, they really pop, liked pop, pop. our continental uh, like style beers, so we were like, "How can we mash up our style with Tartarus?" We were like, "Was black lager?" Yeah, like it just works. Yeah, they were really keen to brew a continental lager-style beer or a German-style beer with us, which I guess kind of makes sense if they're coming all the way yeah. up here. So mm-hmm. since it's Tartarus, you may as well make it black. 
Yeah. <laughs> it actually makes perfect, perfect, actual perfect sense. Did you yeah. find with both of those collabs and stuff, like it was, it was easy. Like there was no like, yeah. like bullshit. It was just like, like both on the same wavelength. You yeah, know, like, you guys do. You know what just... they do, and just mash the two styles kind of together. Yeah, like obviously, Sure Shot are known for their like hoppy hazies. Yeah. So like the idea, the idea I had was NZ Nipa. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically what we've done um or nz ddh ipa whatever whatever it is uh but it's like um it's got like a wheel of fortune on the label after Vinny came up with a quote because they name everything and we're like we never the get names to name are the beers. weirdest shit ever. we never get to name beers so we were just like actually coming up with a name was a bit fun and again Vinny just said something from wheel of fortune from like a there's a, I don't know if you know much about boxing. There's a famous New Zealand boxer called David Tua, yeah. who was on Wheel of Fortune and famously said, I'll take an O for awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a, both my brothers were, got put in the family chat. My middle brother was cracking up laughing. My baby brother's 11 and a half years younger. I was like, I don't get it. Like, oh, he's too young. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, I think people outside New Zealand may not get that one. But. It suits like Sure Shot like perfectly because like their names are just so wild and wacky and they go yeah. like left field Fun with heavy. their names. I mean what what was the one I sent you guys on the group chat? It was like oh the something about the milkman, I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. I'm digressing. <laughs> but no like both we had our beer festival, I bought some of their beer and one of them I just named because it was a breaking bad reference, like yeah, I mean, my my <laughs> wife. There's one beer that's it's called Teddy Beer or something, something. She's like, it's the best beer I've ever had in my life. I'll never have another beer. I'm like, yeah, they don't make it again. You're you're kind of <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I suppose um, it's one of the be- it's one of the good things about not naming beers, like that. You, yeah, you don't have to go through that headache. But at it's the same time, the coin really. But you have no idea how much we can fall out over colours and patterns. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nice. No, 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 how much breweries fall out about names. I, I suppose you know there's, there's always got to be something That's to fall out about, isn't there? So, yeah. I mean, the super delicate cans is wicked. Gil, you still got it there? Yeah. Like the uh, design. Yeah, like yeah. on that, that one, the That's cold cool. IPA and the black lager are actually some of the simplest conversations or email chains we've had about beer designs. I think it was the Goza that we all went back oh, forever on like forever and ever whereas i feel like the other ever since goza i think we've all just wanted it to be like non-problematic <laughs> 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 like, we'll get this done let's not go back yeah. to those days fuck that shit <laughs> <laughs> um um it's been awesome to talk to you both um about moonweight beers i mean i've i've got thoroughly enthused and i i hope anyone who's listened to the podcast is feeling the exact same way um about your beers where is the best place if anyone listens to this podcast if anyone lots of people listen to this fucking obviously <laughs> um where is the best place for people to get hold of your beers apart from obviously the tap room down in leith so that will be moonwakebeer.com forward slash shop and I will make a special code for your listeners. Beer fridge ten. There you go. And they can get ten percent off. You're making me you're making And then right obviously your local independent bottle shops and pubs. And if they don't have it, pester them. Yep. Pester them indeed. Definitely. There there is a there on your website there is a, a, a stockist. Oh, there list, is a stockist page, yeah. Um which I did venture into and try to find one local to myself. Um, and the south coast of England Do slash the north of me France. If it's not up to date, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it was up to date. I just didn't want to wait till four o'clock for them to open. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> um, so the uh, like I said, head over to the website moonwakebeer.com, uh, head on to the shop, grab yourself some of the beers. You're not going to be disappointed, um, especially the ones that guys mentioned. If I'm if I'm you, I'm I would hold off until you get the cold IP and the black lager. When are we expecting those, mm-hmm. incidentally? Uh, so cold IPA is on the second of November, and the black lager is on the seventeenth of November. Well, what to do is grab yourself a wee six pack, maybe a wee twelve pack, and then to do you over, 
And then when those come out, you can grab the cold IPA and the black IPA on moonwakebeer.com forward slash <laughs> forward slash shop. Um free delivery as well on orders over 40 quid. Um uh, we're just uh, well, I am just a if you're, if you're a cool kid and live in the EH or FK postcodes. Nah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the absolute top tier society nah. <laughs> Only pricks love there. <laughs> I'm just saying that because that's just me being jealous. To be fair, that's jealous. It's I pure jealousy that I got. I got dragged down. Pure jealousy that I got dragged down. And that's that's karmic that you fucked your camera again. It's, I just touched the cable. That's all. The cable <laughs> just doesn't like being touched. To be fair, so um, good. like I said, moonwakebeer.com forward slash. What the fuck is going on here? There we go. Moonwakebeer.com uh, forward slash uh, shop. You can grab yourself some of the beers. Uh, head up to the website. While you're at it as well, make sure you go over to all the social media pages, Insta- Instagram, Facebook, and X, not Twitter, mm. X. What do you call a tweet nowadays? Uh, I still use the same lingo, to be honest. It's still a tweet, isn't it? <laughs> you got, I don't know it. social media. Ah, Good for you. Uh, I would say aye, I'm the I'm the daft cunt that fucking runs it all, so fucking I'm stuck with it. Yeah, um, but yeah. while you're at it as well, uh, and while you're liking and following everything from Moonwake, uh, you may as well just do the same for the Beer Fridge podcast. And um, whenever you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe, hit that ding and link to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your unofficial support by giving us a five star rating, or show your official support by heading to patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast or as Mark likes to say www.patreon.com so just the two W's just, just the two, two W's, W's. Three. it's just the, the world wide just, just the world wide fucking tool <laughs> patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast we can get all your updates uh, with regards <laughs> to the fridges uh, fridges is live uh, on the Instagram page, you can do your voting for your brewery of the year, and um, that's going to be going on for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be intense, and we're looking forward to seeing who comes out the number numero uno. Um, Sarah, Vinny, honest to God, absolutely amazing chat. Thoroughly enjoyed having you on. Thank you so it's much. Made me, it's made me want more Moonwake beer. Yes, that's what we want. <laughs> so, um, if so that's much. a win for you, then take it by all means. Absolutely. Until uh, next time in the Beer Fridge Podcast, the home of real beer, real breweries, real opinions. My name's Gavin, that's Cal, that's Scott, and that's MD. Vinny, Sarah, until next time, cheers, bye. Bye. Cheers, bye.